I just see that the power influencer marketing is so great that I feel like any small business, even medium sized to large businesses should use influencer marketing. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse. And today my guest is Sophia Noreen. How are you, Sophia? I'm doing great, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. We're both Canadians today. I wish I had known that in advance. I would have scheduled this one for Canada Day. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> Let me read your bio so people know who you are. So Sophia Noreen wears many hats from being a mom, working as a clinic manager, to the owner of a product-based business that landed in Walmart. She loves to share her knowledge regarding all things, including how to manage it all in her podcast, Boss It Podcast. So, Sophia, why don't you tell us a little bit about your product first? Yeah, for sure. So basically what happened was back three years ago now, I was looking for products for our festival, Eid and Ramadan, we're Muslim faith, and we couldn't find anything. And so we would go to Etsy and Etsy being a marketplace for handmade goods, we found lots of items. But the problem I found was either it was like a do it yourself printable, or it was not overpriced, but priced for a handmade good. And not everybody can afford that level of item. And I thought and I saw my population, my community shopping at Walmart in Canada. And of course, uh, a Canadian Walmart shopper is slightly different than a U.S. Walmart shopper because we don't have the target in between. So we have our target audience as well. And so I was like, you know, we need to have ready-made products on the shelf for this festival, for this holiday, because we have a huge population and growing population. And I know these big retailers likely are looking for something similar as well. So I started uh, designing the products myself, things that I would need for my family. I have two young girls uh, now that are eight and 10. And I really wanted to bring the celebration into the home. And because the celebration back in the Middle East and in India, where I'm from originally, it's a bit different. It's it's it was almost like we had to make a few new hybrids, like bridging a few different cultural nuances from our Western influence with the Eastern influence. And so we were literally making a new line of products that nobody had ever seen before. And uh, and because I studied anthropology in undergraduate in undergrad, I like really appreciate mixing these two, almost like a fusion of the two holidays. And anyways, long story short, I was at a vending event selling the products and somebody from Walmart saw the product. We also wear an indigo for a few uh, sessions, like a for, a for, for a few holidays, a few events. And, and they both stores put the products on their shelves because they realized that they really need to serve this population. And we're, we're ready to help them do that. And we also, we sell on, on our website and Amazon as well. So that's, that's that story, Matt. And Indigo is like a bookseller, right? Because I know they don't have Indigo in the United States. Kind of like Barnes & Noble. or Yeah, exactly. It's like Barnes & Noble, uh, Canadian version. They were really great because they allowed us to hold a, events in their store. So we would invite the community. We had like henna artists. We had story time. And then we would sell our products. And, and Indigo was, the, the my local Indigo was so happy because many customers will come to them and ask them, do you have, like, you know, do you have Eid bags, E-I-D, so that's the name of the holiday, do you have Eid bags? And they would be like, always oh, saying no. So they were just so happy to be able to offer the customer something that they were looking for. 
Nice. So it's always a good place when you can find a gap in a marketplace and and be able to fill that gap. And a lot of times we call that accidental entrepreneurs. Right. You find it and you go, oh, I can make this thing. Right. And then you're like, how, how do I do that? hundred percent. One of the biggest reasons I wanted to have you on the show, because I wanted to talk about influencer marketing, which is something we've talked to a few times, but we haven't really spoken that much about it on the product side. A lot of times it's it's for marketing for things like services or we, we've spoken to a couple actual influencers. But I wanted to bridge that gap a little bit here. So why don't you talk a little bit about how you guys use influencer marketing? Oh, yeah. So influencer marketing is what really helped set us apart in the marketplace, in addition to being on a big retailer shelf. One of the things that individuals don't realize is that social selling is so, so, so impactful. I think if you just think about your everyday life and if your friend ends up getting anything, any product, or they, they recommend a restaurant even, you're more likely to go and give that restaurant business because it came through a recommendation. And so what's happening now is if you think about uh, the the social media apps, like in, like Instagram was where we do most of our social media influencing campaigns. If you think about that, the individual who's speaking to those, your target audience, to the, those customers every day is literally looking at the screen, having eye contact with that individual, even though they're not in person, they're still developing that relationship with that influencer. Then if the influencer goes and then either uses a product or suggests a product, the customer, your ideal target customer will be more likely to follow through and purchase or even go and start shopping. And us being a small business, we're bootstrapped. I still work part-time as a clinic manager. We didn't have necessarily the ad budget to go and put it towards Facebook ads or towards Google ads without having a warm audience. And I knew who my target audience was. So I went ahead and I, I went backwards. I went to go see who the influencers were. And I did this last year, right before the pandemic. We, we had a whole lineup of influencers. I think we, we enlisted 10 influencers and then we had some influencers that came on more with PR packages and affiliate codes later on. We can speak more about that too, Matt, if, if that's some if that's a new concept. But we were able to still come out doing better last year than we did the year before, only because of influencer marketing. And one thing that people have to realize is that even though the products were sitting on the shelf at Walmart, we and it's just another story to share, but two years in a row, every time the Walmart stores hit when it hits the Walmart stores, when our products hit the Walmart stores, we keep going into lockdown, which is a whole different story. But because of influencer marketing, people knew at least that the products were sitting on the Walmart shelves. So they were still making the attempt to go and try to shop last year. This year, Ontario being one of the main provinces where we had our our stores, unfortunately, was in lockdown. Plus, we were not able to sell. We were not able to sell anything but food. So if I hadn't used influencer marketing last year, then nobody would have known that the products were sitting on the shelf. And even though the pandemic hit and the sell through on the shelf was less than expected, at least there was some demand. Like Walmart could still see that the customers were still picking up the item. If the barriers of the pandemic had not been there, obviously we would have had a better outcome. All I can say is that if I didn't have influencer marketing backing up, backing us up with online, and then of course it trickled over to on the shelf, then 
they may have had no faith in the in the entire line or entire festival. So I just see that the power influencer marketing is so great that I feel like any small business, even medium sized to large businesses should use influencer marketing. So I feel that when I talk to small business owners about influencer marketing, probably the most common kind of question about it or why they might be a bit hesitant about it is that they don't understand how it works. Right. They go. So do I just I send somebody my ice cream that I make or, you know, like they're just like, I don't know how it works at all. Right. So maybe you can explain a little bit more about how an engagement with an influencer would work. Yeah, for sure. And I and you're completely right. People don't know how to start. And then sometimes they target the wrong influencer and they realize it's a complete waste of time and money. So. For me, what you should always what what I suggest people should do is they should always go and look at who their target customer audience is. And once you've identified who that individual will be and Matt, do you guys speak about your ideal customer avatar on the show or have you spoken about that in the past? We do. We actually have a avatar worksheet that you can get if you go to our website, click the training button. Wonderful. So after you've identified who your avatar is, you can pick the media, the social media platform where they're most likely to be. So, for example, our our ideal customer is likely somebody between the ages of 25 to 45 years old and likely a parent who identifies with the Muslim faith and wants to celebrate that festivity in the home. And so after we've identified who that individual is, we go and we we try to work backwards. We try to go and see on Instagram who are the influencers they are following. And then after that, we will go and follow those influencers. And we actually have an assessment built out to see if they're the right influencers for the actual campaign. Because as you know, on Instagram, individuals will use different technologies now to boost up their engagement. They'll use different technologies to increase their followers. And we want to ensure that if we're going to hire on an influencer, even if we give them if give them a, a PR package, which is just the package, we don't pay for their posts, that's still time and energy that we are using that could be used elsewhere. So we're very diligent to ensure that they are the right fit. And we also have we have a class put together for because it's so much Matt is so complicated. I feel like I can't give all the right uh, advice in like a 10 minute clip. But basically, the point is you can't just go ahead and pick any influencer. You have to line your influencer up with your ideal customer. And so I think that's where everyone should start. Yeah. And I think there is so much power in social media but I think that that power is really misused by people and and not that they're like abusing it or something. I think a lot of small business owners and, you know, freelancers and stuff, they just don't understand how social media really works and why people are following who they're following. And so what happens is, and this happened in the pandemic, I'm sure you saw it in, in Toronto, especially because they had, you know, like the third wave lockdowns and stuff as well, where businesses didn't have a good way to reach out to people. So all they knew what to do is they're going to go on Facebook and they're going to go on Instagram and they're going to be like, you know, hey, everybody, we have curbside pickup. You know, you can still buy our stuff, whatever. Right. Which is not what people want to go see. Right. That's just, yeah, you want to have that information available somewhere. But that's not getting it's not doing you any favors. Right. Exactly. So 
if you can, if, if somebody has already been watching a specific influencer daily and it's become a part of their daily routine to get up and, you know, they're having their morning coffee or they're doing their, their, their morning routine and they happen to go on and they've watched someone's stories on Instagram or on Facebook, that individual has already captured the audience's attention. And so if they organically say, oh, you know, if, if they are working for your company for a term and they're going to help disseminate your messaging saying, oh, by the way, you know, all the Walmart stores are locked down, but we're offering pickup at local centers or we're offering grocery pickup or whatnot, rather than it being put on uh, as an ad or rather than it being, you know, just put on our platform, we put it on the influencers platform. They're more likely to A, your, your customers more likely to A, receive their messaging and, and B, it's more organic, uh, like a, a sharing of information as opposed to being sold, sold to. And, and C, not everybody can see your account. It, only about 30% of your followers will even see your messaging. So just because you put it on your social media saying, you know, we're, we're going to offer a sale or we have a change in operations because of the pandemic, we can't guarantee that your customer will see it. But if you if you put out your tentacles and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to hire on 10 influencers for my campaign and these 10 influencers are likely have a bigger reach, a more organic reach. You're likely to be more successful. And Matt, this might actually go really well. And it does go really well, actually, I should say, because if people go from the social media platform to your website and you've properly pixeled it either to your Google ad account or, or to your Facebook ad account, if you were to run ads now, they'll be able to target your customer better, right? Because they'll use that information from the pixel. So I know that's that's more of your domain, but <laughs> I just wanted to throw that in there. That's right. You know, there's there's an interesting thing that I think a lot of businesses fail to understand because especially, you know, if if their business is doing fairly well, right, from a sales or an income perspective. Um, what they're doing is they're solving a problem for someone, right? And they have enough people who have that problem who have a way to find them. But the problem happens when they go to grow their business or something happens, right, like COVID, where everything was going along fine and now nobody needs their, their or nobody's searching for their product or their service anymore. Or maybe it's not flying off the shelf like it used to or, you know, People used to walk in if they have a physical location, whatever it is, right? They don't understand how kind of the influence of, you know, I mean, they call them influencers for a reason. People don't understand how that influence works. And a really good example that I heard that I, I thought was interesting was when, you know, back when James Bond movies were a big thing, James Bond would, would in the opening scene, he would jump off the dam with his bungee cord attached to him or whatever, and, and or he's shooting at the bad guy, and you could see his watch. And the sales of that watch that he was wearing would go up a thousand percent, right? And it's because they go, this person looks cool and is doing cool things in this movie, and I want to feel a little bit more like that person. So if I wear this watch that I now have seen in the store that he was wearing, I go, oh, this watch is cool because they associate it with the cool person doing the cool thing. That's exactly how influencer marketing works, right? Exactly. Exactly. And I actually, actually, I actually think it's even stronger than just a celebrity wearing the 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 item at times people actually become friends with the influencers on social 
And so if you think of it that way, it's, it's just a fancy way of saying you're developing a, a larger referral network. Again, you're more likely to take a referral from a friend, especially if it's not like for the watch example. That's great. The watch is actually it's, it's likely James Bond was wearing a watch from a company that people already knew about. But I imagine many of the listeners have new businesses with no brand name awareness. And so you need to look at the influencers when you do pick them. I would pick ones that have a smaller following because they have a more intimate relationship with their community that they're that they're you know basically making content for. And if you can aim at those influencers and you know ensure that they when they do engage, they engage through their DMs, their direct messages, you'll be shocked. I, I actually am always so shocked to see how the smaller micro and nano influencers, and those are individuals between like a thousand to twenty thousand and up to a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Now every social media platform may have a different taxonomy or terminology for these influencers, but for the sake of this talk, nano would be like 10,000 down to 1,000 and micro influencers would be around 10,000 up to 100,000. And so I find those influencers are really influential to help smaller brands because they do go and they actively will sell your product. They'll actively say, oh yeah, you know, that, that ice cream is so amazing. You know, it's low calorie, but like it's, it's amazing and it doesn't taste like low calorie. And, you know, they'll take the time to do that for you. So are you using like an influencer marketplace to get information and contact them? Or are you guys just going straight through the direct message and saying, hey, you do this thing, we make this thing. Maybe there's something there that we could collaborate on. Again, because we were really lean on our marketing budget, we didn't we didn't actually go through any agencies. You can hire an agency. You can have, like you said, there is softwares online likely where influencers will put their name in and then you can gain access to it through a subscription model. We didn't use any of those techniques. We actually went ahead and t- did the manual labor ourselves. So we would target the influencers we felt would be a good representation of our brand. When you're using influencers, since you have some localization, right, like your product was in Canadian stores, how are you determining that your influencers have influence over people in Canada versus, you know, other English speaking countries? That's right. So you have to ask for their media kit and they have to tell you where is their following because we don't have access to their analytics unless you go and you purchase a subscription to one of these softwares online, which then can pull that for you. And so again, that that was a learning for us the first year because we would say, oh, this influencer is amazing. We did get some from the U.S. as well because we shipped down to the U.S. And yeah, they're doing great. But then, of course, we realized later that most of their following was actually overseas. So even though they're their engagement looked great. They had tons of comments, tons of likes. They were, you know, seemed very active. We realized later that, you know, a few of the influencers were not a good pick. And that was through experience that we learned. Oh, because when we went to their analytics, we realized, okay, they, they have, you know, 50% of their following is not in lo- not local. And, and even if it's not local, we don't even ship to that part of the world. So yeah. So if, if, if a company really would like to take on that ownership of going into the analytics themselves. Yeah, the softwares are available for them to go and check in and see where their influencers are coming from. You just put in their handle for influ- for Instagram. And then otherwise, the other option is you say, can you do a screenshot of your, or screen capture of your analy- analytics section so I can see where your followers are or, or just say, you, you need to include this for the application. And, and likely they will, they'll give it to you. 
what kind of budget are you looking at for, you know, if it's something where, you know, you're not just sending a media kit and they're doing something for you for free, when there's a cost to it, what kind of cost are you looking at? It depends. So influencers will likely have a number that they like. And I say if it's within 30% of that number that you had in mind, then you can negotiate with the influencers, especially if you're a small business. A lot of individuals in our community who are small businesses will actually just say, we don't have a budget for marketing. If you'd like to help out a small business, then you can take this item for free for your PR and because they all have to make content too. Generally, I find that you don't really need to pay. Now, I say this, I say this cautiously because there is also, you have to look at the engagement. So if an, if an influencer has a very high engagement, and one example is last year, I had an influencer who only had about 5,000 followers, but she brought in the most sales. And the reason why is because she was just so, like, she just had a ton of engagement. Her engagement percentage was about 6%. And generally, the average engagement for somebody who's around 1,000 all the way up to 100,000, I would say is around 2 to 5 up to two percent and hers was six six seven so she also was eagerly selling as well so she would show the product over and over and over again and that was why she received more sales compared but she took zero dollars for her posts until she realized that she was you know the best influencer so because she wanted another post we, we did compensate her a hundred dollars so generally i say generally after a hundred thousand sorry 10,000 after 10,000 followers, I would pay for a post. And the reason why is because Instagram gives them more features. And then like we have a swipe up on the story, for example, so they can easily swipe up to your website and do a call to action. If uh, they're under, uh, sorry, under 10,000, then generally it's a free post, but they get PR packages. So all the, all the, like, you know, the stuff that you sell, they'll get that for free. And they'll also get an affiliate link and an affiliate link. Matt, do you talk about affiliate links in your, in your show at all? Or Yeah. So affiliate link is just where you get a percentage of the sales. That's right. So they'll, they'll get an affiliate link instead. Right. I mean, we've done in our agency, we've done some influencer marketing here and there. It's not something that we focus on, but if somebody wants it as part of like an overall strategy, uh, we've done it. And We've kind of had some mixed results. We use some influencer marketplaces. We've actually used three separate influencer marketplaces. Two of them worked really good. One of them we had almost no results whatsoever. But interestingly, so we did one that was kind of for a food product, like a natural food product. We found a bunch of people who did like baking and stuff like that, especially people that like YouTube channels about baking. And we just said we would... We would ship them all the product for free in exchange for them, you know, doing a video on it. And then a couple of them came back and said, well, for me to do a post, it's X dollars, right? And if they were in the budget, we gave it to them. If they weren't, we just said, okay, no, thank you. Went on to the next person. That campaign was really successful. The one that we did not have any success with was we had a a musician who had a new song coming out and people could make videos with that song in TikTok. So we went and searched through TikTok people who made videos 
using music similar to the music that this person was, was putting out. And we went through an influencer marketplace to get their contact information. We sent out hundreds of emails to, to like TikTok influencers and messages. And I think we got like three responses out of a hundred. And uh, yeah, it was just abysmal. So I think it really depends on, on the channel, you know, uh, if it's Instagram or Facebook or, you know, TikTok or whatever. And, yeah, I really like the idea of that that 10,000 follower limit because that is a huge advantage for somebody to be able to do a swipe up. So if, if you're not familiar, stories are little circles at the top of the app where you click it and then it'll either have an image or with like some animated GIFs or something on it or some stickers, they call them. Or it could be like a little short video, like 15 seconds. And swipe up is where you can put in a link to a website or an affiliate link or something like that. And if the person slides their finger up the screen, it'll actually take them to that website. That's right. Yeah. So I, just to add on, I find that TikTok, and I, and I understand your, your your struggle with TikTok. We also had one influencer who had over a million followers on TikTok, and she also was going to do a post on Instagram. Her, her she didn't didn't make a single sale from TikTok out of a million followers. So I think TikTok. I don't know the platform right now is. I find it's the way Instagram was maybe a decade ago or, or even like eight years ago where before the Instagram, I know they changed an algorithm and I, the algorithm being that the more you engage with somebody's content, the more content they'll show you from that, from that individual. And, and TikTok right now is just, they just, whatever is posted, it's really great for growth. If, if you're a content creator, because your information is, or your content is not being blocked or, you know, sieved through, as I like to say it, right? Like if you, if you, if your content is shown to one person, they engage and they'll show it to the next person. That's how Instagram works. But right now, TikTok is just like a, you show it, it's just showing it to everyone. So the unfortunate thing is if they do that for us as marketers, we, our audience is not being funneled to it correctly. So because the products we we're selling are very, how do I say it? Niche down. They're very niche down, right? Like not everybody needs, a, needs balloons for Ramadan and Eid, right? But everybody could benefit from an ice cream sandwich. I'm just giving really basic examples. So I think Instagram likely is a better platform for the niche down community, like niche down products or, or services versus if you wanted to do something like TikTok and your item is more viral or your item is can serve a larger audience, you, you could still try it. But we had we did not have very good luck with TikTok either. And the funny thing is I heard such great stories with TikTok. People were like, yeah, they're 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 selling so much because they they're using influencer marketing on TikTok. And so I thought, oh, great, like this is going to be an amazing outcome, but it wasn't as great. But I don't want to discount the platform yet because it could be just that our offering is very niche. Yeah, I've I've heard that people selling direct to consumer goods for younger people and in some cases a, a few older generation stuff. But uh, I have heard of them like other people in marketing talking about it, but I do not know a single person who has made a single cent selling something on TikTok yet. But that doesn't mean it doesn't work. I just I just don't know anybody who has. But I do like TikTok. I, I think it's fun. Um, and it's kind of one of those things you really got to kind of drill down the topics that you want, because otherwise it's just full of garbage. But I know. <laughs> yeah, 
So I think I think these are some good strategies for people to kind of get started. If somebody wants to reach out to you to get your products or to get a little more information about influencer marketing, what do you think is the best way for them to get a hold of you? Definitely. Uh, so for definitely for your for your listeners, I think that if they want more information on influencer marketing, we do have a completely free training for them because I know it's a very difficult space to start in. So the training will will start off on like your your strategy, your plan, and then we talk about a couple of things like what's causing your your customer not to purchase from you and how the influencer can help solve that problem. So we go through a technique in the training for that as well and things that you need to basically lay out in your contract because a lot of times we just hand our products to our influencers and expect them to know what to say and do with them. And so that's actually um, a big part of the strategy. So I'll give you the link, Matt, and you can hyperlink it or they can go to bossaclub.com forward slash how to sell more with influencer marketing. But if you can hyperlink it, that would be great. And then they can go straight to the training and they can take advantage and learn because I think really, truly, it is a very powerful social selling tool. And I have a campaign manager that's dedicated to run these types of campaigns for any new launch that we do now, because otherwise we wouldn't have been able to grow. I feel like we would be still stuck on the Etsy store. Nothing wrong with Etsy, but (laughs) we want to get out there. Honestly, I think Etsy's a gold mine right now, but that's a whole nother episode. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And we'll have that information in the show notes for you underneath where your podcast player is, where you see this episode. There's a little button or something on most of them to open a little down arrow or something. Or you can get your show notes at hookseo.com slash podcast. And Sophia Noreen, thank you so much for being on the show. And we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Matt. It's great being here. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.